Praise the Lord, everybody. Uh, grab your Bibles because we're gonna we're gonna do some Holy Ghost thinking tonight. Uh, Brother French, could you do me a favor? Um, intend for me to teach this tonight. He thought he was really clever. Can you? All uh, right, because I got here this morning to get it, start printing it off, and thinking about how we would approach this in between Easter and Mother. Uh, between Easter and Mother's Day to be teaching on America in prophecy. So we're just going to get a little glimpse tonight. Um, I, I've, I've told the Lord, if this is the wrong, I preach Sunday night like like there was no tomorrow. And uh, I don't know. How many things we ought to do what the Lord tells us to do? That's how I feel about it. Now, I, I'm not saying that I think I'd preach on hellfire if it was Mother's Day. I don't mean that. That's not what I'm saying. So I'm, I'm sort of bringing this in. So I asked for two, uh, I don't normally teach two Wednesdays in a row. Sometimes I do, but I asked for it so I, because I've been feeling this so strong to teach on American prophecy. And then secondly, it's a change of position. I've never preached it before until about two years ago. I made the decision. I'm, I'm preaching. I'm going to teach it because uh, the position I used to hold, I no longer hold. And that's unusual for me. I don't. I don't, other than I was used to be a Trinitarian and now I'm oneness, I don't change positions, all right? I mean, I believed it because I believed it. But the view I used to hold about who, uh, well, about American prophecy, um, I, I just simply cannot, I, I can't continue to hold it. And so, uh, but I've been feeling so strong. Sunday night, anybody here Sunday night and felt the Holy Ghost that was here? Of course, what, what we were doing there was not trying to uh, override Mother's Day and the ladies' tea. It was just the Holy Ghost telling us to get ready because Jesus is coming. And the ladies' tea has its place and Easter has its place. And we had a beautiful Easter, broke all records. Folks were here. But how many knows we need to preach the truth from this pulpit? That's what it's got to be. So we're going to pray. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about why I... Uh, well, because my view of scripture, I'll make it very clear, but unfortunately I, I don't plan to come back next time and, and we're going to keep, no, nope, no, nope, we're going to back off from this and wait till about, uh, you know, when summer's about here and folks are, uh, often wherever they're going on vacation, then we'll, we'll touch on this again. I'm basically going to just, I'm going to have a conversation with you tonight. You've never had me do that before. I don't use the pulpit as a conversation, but because I'm, I realize tonight how strongly people feel about Revelation 17 and 18, that I don't want to be too boisterous, although I may just run right down the aisle and right out the door. I don't know, but I don't want to be too boisterous about it. Uh, this is, this is where I'm at. And I think the church should understand. So I want us to pray and let's ask the Lord to let us have a conversation about what America is all about, what our nation is all about. Does anybody believe America needs God? Anybody believe that? 
Well, let's just pray. Let's ask the Lord tonight to bless his word. Father, we don't have a lot of time, but we do have enough time tonight, Lord, to consider the revival that we are hungry for and to consider the hour in which we live. Lord, we don't have time. We don't have a lot of time. Prophecy is is pushing, Lord, against us. It's like Niagara. We're being pulled toward that precipice. And so we pray tonight that you'll bless our hearts and and help us to to convey, Lord, not, not just the urgency, but also the hope that the truth gives us. And we thank you for that and ask you for it and praise you for it. In Jesus' name. Now, we're going to read a couple of scriptures, but go ahead and be seated uh, because uh, I want to talk to you a little bit. I got to thinking about this uh, lesson tonight and the complexity of, of the prophecies concerning the nations of the world. People disagree about, you know, certain things. For example, if you just even mention... The rapture, did you know lots of people don't believe in the rapture? Lots of denominations don't even believe in the rapture. In fact, I don't know how many, I don't know how many do and how many don't, but I would think that the people that believe in the rapture are way in the minority. That's just a guess. Well, then you could talk about the tribulation. Well, the Bible clearly talks about the great tribulation, but there are many people that don't believe there's going to be a great tribulation or a millennium and so on. So there's all kinds of disagreement. But since... Uh, most people uh, are a little nervous when you start suggesting that America is in prophecy, that America may be uh, facing a judgment down the road or whatever because of w- whatever. If they're in prophecy, what does prophecy have to say? And I, I remembered some things, so I purposely, I, I, we're just having a little conversation here. I, I haven't, uh, I, I love to read and I have about 12,000 books and have a library upstairs and I use it all the time. I've, uh, I have a Ph.D., and uh, I write about things I believe in. I write about the oneness. I defend it. I, get, uh, I just came from Alabama where we had a marvelous oneness conference. All four, I preached six times last weekend. And so it was, I believe in, in, in the message, and, and, so I, I, and I enjoy reading. I could order material. I know several. I've wanted to read several books about things that sound similar to what I think, and and uh, I said, no, I won't. I won't. I'm not going to order them because I don't want them to shape my thinking. I want to just think about it and pray about it and look at it and see if the scripture seems to, to bear it out or not. And if it doesn't, then, of course, two years ago, I said, I, I, I'm no longer going to be silent about it, that the book of Revelation is true. And I want to be very honest. I believe that's America. And so I preached uh, about a three-week series two years ago, and then I left it alone. I said, "Okay, that's okay. That's my position. That's where I'm at, and and America needs God, and here's why." And then we we left it alone. <clears throat> and then I I happen to think of some books that I have. I have about probably fifty books on well, way more than that, but I got fifty books on prophecy that are like uh, gold standard books on prophecy. Uh, <clears throat> Did, did I loan you a book recently? Okay, so, so I have some of the finest books on, on prophecy you could want, and I, I purposely look for the best. I don't just read a bunch of wacko people that are thinking something. I, I, I look at people that have 
scholarly minds that are honest and that, that are logical, not just a bunch of people that are, are uh, stirring people up and so on. So a few years ago, um, this book came out in 2012, and I, I haven't uh, spent much time in it, but I did read it when it first came out. And so I don't know, someone may have got me this book. I don't remember. Uh, or, or whatever. Anyway, it's a Joel Rosenberg book. And it says on the back, I'm not a, I'm not a television person, so I, and I know he's on television. I don't know a thing about it. I just know he wrote this book. Uh, he, it's, he's a New York Times bestselling author with more than 2.5 million copies. Folks, that's a lot of books. So this guy's out there selling books, all right? I published Our God is One in, in 2000, and we've sold 15,000 copies. And then I've published Two Little Things since then and another book, and the total is less than 200,000. We've been selling books for all those years. And this guy sold 2.5 million books. So this book, though, was interesting because... He, he wrote it in 2012, and it's called Implosion. I know you can't see it. I didn't think. I'm just waving it around because we're having a little conversation. That he, he asked the question, is America about to collapse because of its economy? And so it's very interesting, and it's worth reading. But I never one time thought about America's problems because she might have economic woes or because of who the president was or what their economic policies were. I've always just sort of thought that America has a lot of resilience. And no matter what the policies, Americans will, will get through it. And so, so I've, I've never been anti-American uh, economics. So it's called implosion because this fellow's written an entire book that it's possible that America is going to suffer such a economic downturn that it will implode, is what this guy's saying. He's and he sold 2.5 million books writing that kind of stuff. Now, do I believe that? No, I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that when the Bible speaks of America and its judgment, that it's going to be a judgment of her. She's not going to sell as many stocks, and she's not going to have uh, you know. Uh, the car market's going to be messed up. I don't, I, I don't agree with that. So uh, although I, I think it's very interesting and, and, and it got its own uh, pluses, I've never one time was influenced by that. <clears throat> now, there is a book, though, that I remembered later after I preached a couple years ago uh, by David Wilkerson, who I do like, even though he's not apostolic. He is Pentecostal, and I did know him before. I was apostolic. So, I mean, if you didn't know David Wilkerson and you were in the Assemblies of God, you didn't. Uh, uh, that would be rare. Uh, David Wilkerson was the head of Teen Challenge, and he's uh, an amazing conservative writer. Sister Rich, do you remember when your mother gave me this book? Okay. Your mother gave me this, and I read it so many times that I never realized how it was uh, being poured into me. And I had made the statement that I had never read a book that believed that America was found in Revelation 17 and 18. I made the statement. I really believed it. But then I remembered this little book. I hadn't read that in 34 years. I didn't change my mind. 
David Wilkins, this, I wish I had this. I, if I can find this book and I can afford it, I will buy every one of you this book and it's 34 years old. This book has altered my mind. Now, it has another little book called Racing Towards Judgment. And I had forgotten this one because, well, it's, just, I don't know, it just, I mean, I hadn't forgotten it, but I mean, I'd forgotten about how it fit into my mind. Uh, but he wrote a little book called Racing Towards Judgment, which I have preached and thought about and talked about so many times. Uh, if I could find that book, I'll give you that book. I mean, America needs to think about where it's at. I'm telling you, folks, Jesus is getting ready to come. And America is in there. America needs to think about what it's doing. All right, so his first chapter in, it's called Set the Trumpet to Thy Mouth, which is uh, Hosea 8 and 1. I just happened to be just recently doing a whole, I mean, teaching my my shoes off on minor prophets. And he named the book Set the Trumpet to Thy Mouth, which is basically what I'm, what I'm saying, that we need to declare, uh, just like Hosea did in his day, the preacher needs to be, by the way, the American pulpit today is by and large gone. I don't mean by that apostolics and everybody, but the American pulpit has been silenced. That's what's happened to America. Someone said, well, America's, I mean, it's not so bad. I mean, yo, so what if, you know, so what, so what, so what? Well, so what is Jesus is coming and there's going to be a payday. And we need to get the we need to set the trumpet to our thy mouth, as Hosea said. All right, so his first chapter is entitled The Destruction of America. I I I I I had all I had all these books, like about 50, 60 books, and I said, wait, wait where's that where's that little book by, by Wilkerson? That remember that little book? Because I'm talking to myself, which I shouldn't admit that. And and I kept looking and I kept looking. And just before service, I found it. And I mean, the tears started flowing. That little, this little book, that little chapter, The Destruction of America. And then from then on, every word of this book to the very end. And I realized then when my mind began to shift on Revelation 17 and 18, but really 16 as well. Because I'd always believed that Mystery Babylon was a religion. I'd always believed that. I'd read dozens of books that said so, and I thought it was probably true, although it didn't really make a lot of sense, but I thought it must be true, although the Bible never said that. This is where it began in my mind. 34 years ago, I began to think, wait a minute, what's going on? And this was back in the day when America was very, very different than it is now. So we're looking tonight at America. Everybody say praise the Lord. Can we just love the Lord here and just come on, get, come get back with me. Father, we thank you because we're going to think about the ways in which your word are speaking to us tonight. Lord, we don't want to be dogmatic. We don't want to we don't want to be overbearing. We just want to be truthful and honest about what your word is saying to our hearts <clears throat> in Jesus name. So mystery Babylon and America in the end time. Brethren, if you could go to the next slide, I'm going to begin my uh, discussion because we're just talking. I'm not, although I know I'm preaching, I'm teaching, but uh, I'm not really even, uh, you know, if I did what I want to do, 
I would be weeping tonight. I, I'm just telling you, I am stirred in my soul about what's happened to our world and to, to America. And I believe that God can do anything. He, I, I, I believe he can, that he's going to fill million, millions with the Holy Ghost. I believe that our brightest days are ahead and there's going to be revival right up to the rapture. I believe that. But I also believe that judgment is coming and that our preaching has to include if okay it's the doors are open but if you don't find the lord you're going to meet god in judgment All right now i want to begin here with jeremiah 51 now you don't have to turn because i put it on there but you could turn there now when we get to revelation because i'm going to talk kind of slower than i usually do i don't know how many words a minute but i'm somewhere in the 99 percentile of preachers and how many words they can get in a in a, in a minute, or at least I've been told that. I was preaching not too long ago, and they said, that's the most words I've ever heard in, in, that, in that length of time because I, I kind of get, get to going. I'm not going to do that tonight because even though I really desperately want to share it, I want to, uh, I want to discuss with you why uh, I've taken it on the uh, on the chin. Is that what they say? Is that an expression? What's a better expression? I'm taking it uh, the lumps. Have you ever, is that an that sounds dumb? I'm taking the lumps. Where have I heard that? The hit? Whoa! No, that's that's way over there in uh, gang language. No, I'm talking. <laughs> No, anyway, whatever it is, uh, you know, folks, I want to tell you right now, someone said, well, you, you, you need to be very careful because now they don't mind criticizing a religion because this person believed that the, um, that the uh, uh, Babylon uh, in Revelation 17 is a religion that's ongoing right now, and they uh, criticize it and so on. And I said, well, that, what if that were true? Why would the Lord be criticizing one religion? Well, it's a great big religion, so God's criticizing it. He's going to destroy that religion. And I said, but that isn't what Scripture says. He didn't say he's going to destroy a religion. That's not what he says. So, but what is he saying, and what does it look like as he says it? So we're going to begin with the question of who is Mystery Babylon. Everyone say Mystery Babylon. Now, you understand that we're saying, see, I'm getting a little preachy here. So i got to control myself. All right, so uh, Mystery Babylon is the expression that I have come to now believe is not talking about a world religion. That's talked about elsewhere. That, that is talking about America. That's talking about the economic system at the end of time that is also affecting the world. In other words, we're using our money, we're using our riches to then... Send to the rest of the world Hollywood, ungodliness, and all of the rest. That's, what's, that's what that is. That's what is happening. That's why it's called a mystery. If it were actual Babylon, are you with me? Are you with me? <laughs> if it's actually Babylon, you know, there is a Babylon. It's in Iraq. It's the city of Babylon. It's been completely obliterated. and Its walls are nearly underground. Blah, blah, blah. The point is, if it's the act, well, it, it, okay, folks, let's wipe that one out. It can't be actual Babylon. But if it were to be actual Babylon, then it wouldn't be called mystery Babylon. How many of us, if you already know the answer, it's not a mystery? 
If you know it's Babylon. Now, now the next, now I know some of you aren't going to like it. And we're conversing and I'm getting a little loud and I'm sorry. If it's called Mystery Babylon, but it's actually Rome, which is the number one. That's, that's why I get pummeled all the time. It's Rome. Don't you know that? See, I get that all the time now. For two years, I've said, no, it's not Rome. Well, it says it's on seven hills. No, it doesn't. It does not say that because Rome is built on seven hills. It doesn't say that. So let's go back and see what it actually says. But if it's Rome, why would you say Babylon? Because Rome was every bit as evil as Babylon ever thought of being. Therefore, how, how would you make the substitution? And why would you make the substitution? And then we could go from there. Now, I, I don't have time to converse on that. Because if it's Rome, and the, and the name is, we're saying Mystery Babylon, and we're saying Babylon, but we really mean Rome. And we mean, we don't mean Rome, uh, well, we mean the city, but we mean Rome in terms of religion. Then we have all kinds of issues that, Revelation doesn't seem to be addressing. But let's therefore not start with that. Let's start with Babylon. So let's read 5130. The mighty men. And this is the actual physical destruction of the actual Babylon that I just described that's in Iraq. The mighty men of Babylon have forborne to fight. It would say to fight. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Because you see, every time there is physical Babylon, then whatever the mystery Babylon is, you can apply, you can, well, I want to, I don't want to be too strong here. You're able to see in physical Babylon the spiritual dimensions of what God is talking about when it gets to this nation or city in Revelation 17, which we're going to look at in just a second. So the mighty men of Babylon have forborne to fight. They have remained in their holes. Their might hath failed. They became as women. They have burned her dwelling places. Her bars are broken. Now that's the very end pretty much of Jeremiah. It is the final word on Babylon. Now, let's, let's keep going. I want to, uh, ushers, do, do, any of you, brethren, could you help me? If, if, you, I, if you want this, you can have it. I printed it out. We're going to go to the next one. This is the, uh, the thing that has pushed me over the edge that Revelation 17 is America. So if you'd like one, if, you, know, you don't have to have it. Just a, it's just a printout. It's all it is. But this is hard to see. All right, now, what I've done here and uh, is as we look at Revelation 17, it's obvious that there are two things going on. There's a, the richest nation in the world. The Bible calls it a city. How many knows that Rome is not a nation? Does everybody know that Rome is not a nation? 
Right? But we say Rome, don't we? What do we mean? We mean Italy or we mean the Roman Empire. For example, if I say Moscow, do you think I'm just talking about a city? No, I don't mean Moscow. If I say Moscow, I'm talking about a nation. The nation that's very common, and so the same is true with Babylon. Babylon was not the name of the nation. It was Well, they, they called it Babylonia. But, uh, okay, so it's a city or a nation, basically both. Every nation has a city, Washington. If you say... Uh, the people in Washington, you're not referring just to a city. Are you following me? Okay. And so it is here that we find in Revelation that uh, uh, Mystery Babylon is a two things. It is a wealthy, the wealthiest nation in the world, and it is the most corrupt. That's what, that's what we find. And that the Lord said, okay, I've had enough. You're done. Over. Okay. That's basically Revelation 6, 16, 17, and 18. But uh, what we're going to look at in this little orangey, <laughs> I changed the background. It's almost too orange. Even I want to drink uh, Tang just seeing that. All right. But I'm looking for, here it is. Okay. Now, now here, here's what we have here. We have the, the 2000, two years ago, this was the world nation's GDP. And when you see it like this, it suddenly becomes interesting that if Revelation 17 and 18 are talking about a nation that is the wealthiest nation and through its wealth controls the world and through its control ships into the world immorality beyond words. All the music of the world. What do you think they're listening to in, in South Africa right now? They're listening to American music. What movies do you think they're watching in uh, Japan today? They're watching American movies. We are shipping into the world everything we are doing. We are shipping it into the world. In fact, that's one reason we're becoming a one world. America is basically uh, at the center of all that. Okay, so uh, we can see here which nations are rich and which are not. Now, 186 nations are so small that we, we don't talk about it. We can't talk about them. Because they're so tiny. Oh, we could talk about them, but they're really tiny. All right. But instead, we're going to look at the top 12, which I've put here. And then what I've done is uh, yesterday I went and got the current 2019 GDP. So what it shows you, for example, is that the U.S. in 2017, I, I assume in December, was about 24.9%. In fact, every one of the top 12 See, the top 12 start here, they're on this side, and then they go jump over there. All right, so uh, they've all shrunk, which means that the world is experiencing in two years a shrinking of their economies, and it's being spread out into these poor countries. And uh, these nations are doing a little bit better, in other words. Okay, but, but regardless, it, it, regardless, the point is that if you just look up there, you don't even have to wonder... Which nation is the largest economy in the world and controls the economies of the world? You say, Brother French, well, are you saying that America uh, controls like, like a dictator? No, no, it doesn't got anything to do with being a dictator. America's economic policies. Have you ever heard the expression, if America sneezes, the rest of the world catches a cold? 
That's because the American economy is the basis on which the world economy is taking place. And that's why Revelation 18 says when our economy does collapse, if, of course, it's going to be the nation that's controlling the world through its economies. So if it's not America, then somebody else's. Now, someone might say, well, the Lord's not coming for, let's say, 20 years and China's going to take over. So you can see that China's economy here. But see, there's a problem with that. Does anybody know what the problem is about China taking over and becoming a mystery Babylon? We already know who China is in the Bible. Because the Bible tells us who she is and gives us explanation. And we know all about her coming over, crossing over the Euphrates. The Bible tells us all about it. So we're not looking to find out where China is in the prophecies. We're looking to find out who Mystery Babylon is. And the same is true. Of course, Japan is way down here. Japan is really not in the running and Germany's not in the running. And then once you get away from uh, these four, then nobody's in the running. So the question would be, how many hundreds of years or 20, how many decades would it take for another nation to become the economic power? For example, let's say America collapsed and, and then it was, we were a third world country and some other country became. So in other words, people would say, you have to be careful because you don't know if it, well, let's say the Lord doesn't come for a hundred years or whatever. Well, I'm not talking about the Lord coming in a hundred years. I'm talking about the Lord coming right away. I believe the Lord is coming soon. Does anybody here believe the Lord is coming soon? You sense he's coming soon. I'm talking, we're having a conversation. Now, if it's a hundred years from now, I don't plan to be preaching about it. Okay? I mean, I'd love to be, but I'd be 264. No, wait a minute. I'd be quite old anyway. I'd be a hundred and something years old. But anyway, so I don't plan to be preaching. Uh, I don't believe for one second that we've got 100 years till Jesus comes. But I'm talking about currently. If you believe that the Bible is talking about a country that is controlling the world through its economies and slips away from God and becomes an ungodly nation, you have to be talking about America. That's my point. And people, it's Rome. That's all I get back. It's got to be Rome. So I've gotten to the point where I've worked out little ways where I, I let them know I don't believe for one second that it's got to be Rome because it's not Rome. All right. By the way, Rome is right here. I thought of this yesterday. Right there's Rome. There's Rome. Do you think they're controlling? Anybody think that Rome is controlling the economies of the world or that some religion is controlling the economies of the world? Let's think. Let's talk about Islam for a moment. Islam is the poorest of the religions. It's the poorest of the religions. Whether you are or are not Islam, in terms of economics, they're not a single Islamic nation even on that chart. The only thing that places them on the chart, let me think, is that true? Is there anybody in that chart? Yeah, no, yeah, there is. No, there's not. I put these down here so you could see where they are. The point being, of course, they're only where they are because they discovered oil. And that's caused their economies to be in or into the world market. But they're, they're, uh, so there's no city of any religious consequence that fills the requirements of Revelation 17 and 18. All right. Now, so so here we have all of these countries uh, and the top countries, U.S., China, Japan, in order, Germany. Uh, then we put the United Kingdom 
Although you can see that now they've switched. Can you see that? Is anybody looking? I know this is boring. Just stay with me another second. You see there that India is now has a larger economy than England. Since 2017, India is now a larger. Can you see that? India right there in 2019 grew 1% larger than the United Kingdom. So it's now five and six opposite. Then followed by France. I'm trying to look at it. Followed by Italy, so that's eight, followed by Brazil, which by the, some of you aren't listening, but I'm trying to show you something. There's Brazil at 1.9. This was just this week. I just took it from the world uh, uh, GDP, whatever, the people that keep track of it. So there's Brazil. It, look at that. Brazil is now larger than Canada. In economic growth. And yet it's just barely even a percent of the world growth. And, and then you keep coming down. Then there's uh, Korea's number 12 and Russia is number 11. At, and all of these have gone down. The, absolutely. There's not a single one of these nations that have been increasing in the last two years. Um, so this was the beginning uh, of my scratching my head and saying America's in trouble because it is fulfilling everything Revelation says a nation will suffer if you, if you uh, turn your back on God. Okay, that's number one. But she's also fulfilling everything the scripture says about um, Mystery Babylon being the great economic power of the world and what God is going to do to Mystery Babylon in the end. And so it pushed me into America is fulfilling the prophecies of Mystery Babylon. Can you say amen? All right. So there's what pushed me in. Now, let's use this as a little euphemism or a little axiom. So America was the great missionary country, still is. Nobody on the, in this planet does anything remotely like America does as far as missions. Christians in America are as active as any nation in the world. Nobody's downing that. But we have gone from the nation that was absolutely 100% about missions to where now Americans spend more money on makeup and dog food than they do missions. Now, you think about that. And I could, I could have gone. I'm, I'm just using it as an, as an axiom. I use dog food because it seems a little shocking to think that more money. Okay, I can, I'm going to, as soon as this hits the Internet, they'll say, send me the amount. I want to know how much money we're spending on dog food. That's what we'll get. And then we'll say, well, why don't you look it up yourself? See, that's what we could, we could do that. But, but the point, though, is that we've come to a day when missionary work is no longer the center. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? It is no longer the center of what we are about. It is way down here at the bottom. American preachers are actually wondering if the day will come that they will have to spend a night in jail because they preach against abortion or they stand up for righteousness. That's the kind of hour that we live in. America has changed. Now, Let's, uh, 
let's consider, uh, let's get into Revelation real quick. The prophecy of an end time mystery Babylon is a warning from God to the economic centers of the world. Well, interestingly, we just left that overlay, but there really are not very many economic centers. Someone said, well, England, are you, are you with me? England is not an economic center of the world at two, uh, under 2%. Uh, th- that's not an economic center. Now, it's, I'm not saying that's not important. I'm not saying Brazil's not important. Canada's not important. Of course, they're important, and their economies are crucial to their own people and so forth, but they are not economic centers of the world. That's why Europe is in the middle of this whole Brexit uh, discussion, because Europe is, has formed the European Union. We talked about that last Week when we introduced this entire uh, process about prophecy. The, the point, though, church, is the Lord is coming. God's word is true, and we need to have our hearts ready. Anybody believe that? We need to keep our hearts ready. It's a warning to the economic centers. What I'm really saying, okay, you know what I'm saying. It's a warning to America. He didn't give us all these blessings. He didn't bless us because we didn't care about him. He blessed us because we loved him and we worshiped him. And if we turn our backs on him, we will pay the consequences. Mystery Babylon is singled out by God for destruction in the tribulation. No doubt about it. I'm about to read the very scriptures. Many believe that all signs point to the soon coming of the Lord. I believe that. The United States of America is the nation perfectly fitting the condemnation of God as Mystery Babylon. Now, if he's not coming for a thousand years, then they'll have to deal with this in a thousand years. But I'm not preaching to somebody a thousand years from now. I am telling you the signs all about us. The signs of the time are everywhere. There's a brand new feeling in the air. How's that go? Oh, la, la, la. What, what, what? Oh, lift your eyes upon the eastern sky. Lift up your head. Redemption draweth nigh. Hallelujah. The Lord is coming. To pretend otherwise is to be a fool. The Lord is coming. A once righteous America no longer has the stamina or moral base to stand up for righteousness. And therefore, the church of the living God needs to pray for America as never before. Could we just lift our hands for a moment? Let's just pray that God will touch our our nation. Father, right now, I pray, Lord, that you will help us not to uh, walk away from our love for you and righteousness and the word of God. We've we've ruled the Bible out of our schools And we have walked about as far to the edge as we can go. I pray that you'll draw us back, oh God. Now, I'm going to step one more step before I read Revelation 17. I'm not looking at the time. Um, You don't tell people. If we're having coffee, you were having coffee at Starbucks, you wouldn't rush home and say, no, I'm just kidding. Okay, Um, now here we go. Let's go to the next one. Um, These two pictures represent my profession. Prophecy, understanding my my prophetic view about Daniel 2 and 7 and Revelation 13 and 17. Now, I realize that 
a lot of people that say that Rome, Rome is who's in view there in Revelation 17 don't believe what I'm about to say. So, so you have to make your own mind up. Now, in the top picture, see, that's two separate pictures. I, I, this is, I, didn't, I, I mean, how can you do it in one overlay? And I, I've, got, I've only got so much time here tonight. So there should like be a line right here. All right. This is Daniel. Uh, this is Revelation 13. All right. And I said here, uh, it was supposed to say, uh, compare the Daniel seven beasts. So in Daniel seven, there are four beasts and they're a leopard, a bear and a lion. Well, in Revelation 13, it's one beast, but they're all together as one as one, let's say, monster or beast, whatever you want to say. Oh, so is that not obvious that if Daniel says there's these kingdoms and they're, they're, they're separate? There was a fourth beast. Does anybody remember what Daniel said the fourth beast was? He was ter- dreadful and terrible. In other words, he, you couldn't even describe the, the, final, the final beast. And so, uh, so we're not going to quibble over who, the, who, the, who that was or what nation. I'm not even here to quibble over who those nations are. All right? I'm simply telling you that if they were a lion, a bear... Uh, and a, I mean a leopard, a leopard, a bear, and a lion, which they were, and then a terrible beast that you couldn't even describe, which uh, I've noticed that a lot of uh, graphics people are are depicting it as a dinosaur, which is is about as uh, unlikely as you can get. And I, I'm not going to weigh in. I'm simply trying to show you that uh, that this was the beast that. Uh, uh, seven heads and it had ten horns. Are there ten there? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, there's ten. All right, and then on the uh, what's on the horns? Crowns. And so, what do the crowns mean? So, so you start seeing that you're looking at something that were four separate countries, and now they've gotten together, and they're not four; they're ten. But they still carry the image of what the original vision was that Daniel had. You've got they they, they look like a leopard. Uh, they they look like uh, the, well, basically in Revelation 13, the um, uh, the feet are the feet of a bear. That's the mouth of a lion. The body of a leopard. So what you've got is a merging together of the nations of the world into this. Creature that's indescribable, feet of a bear, and so on. Except one thing. Does anybody know what it is that's missing? I mean, you know, there's the terrible beast. We've left him out because in, in, my, in my view, the terrible beast is what you're looking at. That's the terrible beast. But you can think so or not. It doesn't make any difference. That we're not here to discuss the terrible beast. We're here to say that here, here you have Revelation 13 talking about the Antichrist and his government coming up out of the waters. And that's what he looks like, exactly what Daniel talked about. And there's, But there's one thing missing that Daniel described that's not in that. Anybody just think? It doesn't, okay, I'm just going to say. I'm just wanting to see if you could help me uh, just kind of let you know that it's because someone brought this to my attention uh, when they were attempting to say that it's not possible America could, you know, that could be America. And that is that this, it, what's missing from that picture means America. That was America, they said. And I said, okay. And of course, I knew what it was. And it is that in the lion in Daniel 7 had what? A pair of eagle's wings, see. And so <clears throat> the eagle's wings, uh, they said, represented America and so on, which 
uh, I understand. I'm not knocking it. I'm simply saying that the fact that the wings are missing does not negate the relationship between Daniel 13 and Daniel 17. But so now let's take, take the jump. Now, so when you get to 17, you see this beast again. I, if you're following me, I hope somebody's following. I know I'm boring you, but there isn't a difference except in the appearance. It's the same antichrist government. But over here, it's got the body of a leopard. When you go a few chapters further, it's got the body of a red dragon. It is a scarlet red beast, but it's everything else is the same. It has seven heads, ten horns, blah, blah, blah. And then Revelation tells us what happens to the horns and what the Antichrist does to the other horns because the Antichrist never intends to do. Let me tell you, the devil doesn't have any good plans for this world. Anybody thinking they're going to play footsie with the devil needs to quit it. You need to start saying, Jesus, I need you. I want to serve you. I want to know you. The Lord loves you. The devil hates you. And this, all this business. And, and, and by the way, the music's getting worse. I mean, they're, they're singing songs that would absolutely, if you knew the words your children are listening to, you would get them to stop it. They're singing abominations in some of this music. And they're winning, by the way, Oscars, or what do they win when they're great singers? Of course, they never won my Oscar. Uh, Grammys. The grannies, that's right. All right, so when you win the grannies, then you've, uh, you're the best music in the world. Some of the most ungodly stuff in the world that has ever been sent out into public. And some of it is downright blasphemous. Well, a lot of it is downright blasphemous. But anyway, uh, I can't look at that without thinking about Hollywood. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When I think about abominations, I think about what America is producing today. Now, I know Europe is doing it. I know other places are doing it. I'm not blaming America and say America's horrible and everybody else is wonderful. No, no, the world needs God. The world needs God. Someone said the world needs Coke. Remember that? Remember, hon, when they came out with that song? What the world? Remember that? You don't remember that? That's, is that love? Oh, I thought it was Coke. <laughs> That's what I thought. It's, I want to buy the world a Coke. I must have been listening to the wrong station or something. <laughs> Okay, folks, you're getting just totally out of hand here. Okay, now, so we're looking at the difference between just four chapters. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Now, folks, you can like it, you can believe it. We're just having a little conversation here. That's how quickly the world is going to hell in the tribulation. You go from a body of a leopard to the body of a red dragon that is almost unrecognizable. And it's being ridden, in this case, by a woman. And that woman is Mystery Babylon. She's riding the Antichrist government that is controlling the entire world. Okay, so you can see that there are changes, but it's still the same government, just 
It's just depicting, just like when Daniel described it, he was describing aspects of it. They were four separate uh, governments, blah, blah, blah. Now we get down to Revelation and you see the same thing, but you're beginning to see just how horrific it really is. I'm, uh, I hate to tell you this, but when, when the day comes, people are going to be very surprised. They're going to be surprised. Not going to be some turn the TV on uh, stuff or let, let's get the, let's get the uh, iPhones out. No, 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 no. No, I'm afraid not. And, and so let's, let's go to the next one. Uh, so I, I, I think you understand what I'm trying to do there. Now, we come to Revelation 17. I will show unto thee the judgment. Now, we're basically ending. We're coming to the place that we're going to talk about why these things appear to be referring to the economic power, not a religious source, not a religious something. I'm just telling you, folks, it's not a religious something. If you think it is, then fine. I, I understand. But I, don't ask me to believe that. All right. I will show unto thee the judgment of the great harlot that sitteth upon many waters. Everyone say many waters. Are you able to see that? I know that's kind of tiny, and I want to read it all. I'm, I'm almost done. I know some of you are thinking, oh, my goodness, and, and uh, I, I understand. But, but you got to, hey, folks, you got uh, to stay with me here. All right. So he, she, she sits upon many waters. Now, that's very, 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 very important. Now, I just showed you that go back. Go, can you go back? Is it too hard? That she's sitting on a red or a uh, scarlet uh, beast with seven heads, ten horns, and it's becoming out of control and so on. Okay, now let's go. Now, but, but the Bible doesn't say that when it introduces her. It says here that she sits upon many waters with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Number one, number one, no religion in this world or in the history of the world qualifies for what we just read. With whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. Now, if you only meant some, you could say, well, that religion or that religion. I asked someone yesterday, which give me the top four religions you think it is. And they named them. Okay, so that doesn't matter. With whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her Fornication. A woman. Now you notice uh, that I'm. You see the uh, the ellipses. I'm skipping a little bit. I just, I just have to let it go. I, I should have put the verse numbers in there. A woman sit upon or set upon. The King James is, says it differently. A woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy. Now. What we have just read is the first place where I would say to a person that believes that the mystery Babylon is a religion, that there's your first word that would indicate that for you. So that helps you along because now they're full of blasphemy and blasphemy is a religious thing. The only way you can blaspheme is to do something religious, but you don't have to be religious to do it. How many knows that you can blaspheme? And the Antichrist is going to blaspheme, but he's not religious. So I, I'm just saying, I can see where someone might say, well, what if it's a religion? Then, then you go from there. All right. Having a full of names of blasphemy. It would say names of blasphemy. 
having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was decked with gold. Sister French, are you leaving? Could you wait just a moment? Have you? <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you want to go? Did you need to go? I'm sorry. They're calling you. Can they wait a minute? Okay. So had you heard the, did you know the Bible said they were decked with gold? Had you ever heard that expression? To be decked? Okay. Is that something I should understand how you're decked with it? So it's just another word for, do you have a way to pull up like, uh, pull up um, ESV, pull up the ESV because they, we'll put them in, you know, we might trust them a little bit. Um, so if you're decked, so like if you deck the halls, that means you decorate it. Okay, so it comes from the word decorate. All right, I find this scripture very interesting in terms of churches that are holiness that Talk about not adorning yourself. Um, that this woman decked herself. See, I'd never heard the expression, and I got to thinking, uh, I have a problem here. So I, I knew that I, I could have looked the Greek up and so on, but I, I didn't because I didn't want to get carried away, and I, I thought I'll never stop and talk about it. But I saw you leaving, and so I thought maybe I would just talk to you. So they decked. She was decked with... Adorned, which is another word for what? Everybody say adorned. Okay. Which, by the way, adorned means to ornament yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like to, uh, what's another? I had another word there. Decorate. To, to decorate. Yeah, to ornament or decorate. And so uh, this woman was, decor uh, was uh, decked with, okay, thank you. I hope you're coming back because I really need your help. Okay, so um, so they were, and I know the ladies have a lot going on. Forgive me. Um, so they they she was decked with. Now I had tons of uh, you know artist renditions, and I refused to use them. Period. I just refused to use them. All right, and she was decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a gold cup in her hand. Full. Now, I want to say this. I'm trying to, I'm just trying to be honest with you, okay? I'm trying to tell you the truth. When Re Revelation 13 wants to introduce the world religion, it uses the fellow, you remember the expression in Revelation 13? It was the Antichrist and his what? His false prophet. It wasn't a woman. So he's introducing the, and, and it describes, and it's a beast coming out. It was, a, it was, that was the religion. We're not, nobody's saying there's not religion. There's all kinds of problems. But with religion, religion gets it wrong and so on. But this is not talking about that. This is talking about someone that is filled with arrogance because of pride, because of their riches. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is not talking about religion. Okay, so, I, okay, see, we're just having a conversation. We might not even put this on. Brother French, we may not even put this, because I'm being very open in a way. I'm being way overly open. All right. So she has a gold cup in her hand full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. She's used all of her riches 
okay, to be immoral. Now, uh, I'm going to say one more thing because I know we're almost done. I got to hurry. I'm almost there. Uh, so, so the general thing is, uh, which I, I don't know. I know I'm not dealing with it. So if you're out there and you're listening and you're frustrated because I'm not dealing with it, because uh, I'm not wanting to deal with it tonight. We're just having a conversation. But they would then say, well, in 17, that woman is not the same as the woman in chapter 18. Because one is a religion and the other is a economy. And I'm just sorry that's just not possible. Okay, I'm just sorry. I've tried for 30 years to believe that you can draw a line between those two chapters. And one is a religion and the other isn't. No, it's nothing to do with that. All right. So what was written on her forehead was mystery, Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Folks, they're, 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 I'm telling you right now, what has happened to our world is that. And that's not got anything to do with what's one religion in this world. That's got something to do with someone that knew what was right and used what God gave them to propagate ungodly abominations. And that is exactly where we are in the world today. You can't even tell some of these little uh, singers can't tell them anything don't you know you're corrupting our young people yeah you're just that's the world now let's go to the next one all right i'm, I'm just gonna take it slow here oh go to the next one because i want to make sure that's the last one yeah okay now, now yes okay now we'll keep going in 17 we were reading in 17 i'm going to read to the end and he saith unto me the waters where the harlot sitteth are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. In other words, it's the whole world. And the ten horns, talking about the, the, the beast that we've been looking at all this whole evening, though the ten horns shall hate the harlot. And I can read it back there and shall make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. What we just got was precisely everybody say shall see it's going to happen in the very next chapter. That can't be two separate women. And so this woman is destroyed by the Antichrist. The world is going to turn on the nation that is mystery. Whoever mystery Babylon is, the world is going to turn on her. And she's going to have been so arrogant and so foolish. I don't need God. I want to tell you, my friend, you need God. Now, let's, uh, we could keep going. The false prophet, I've already said that. And rather, she controls the economies of the world in arrogance. I've already said all that. Let's go to the next one. And this is it. We're done. Revelation 17 and 18. And the woman, this is the last. I'm pretty sure that's the last verse of 17. And the woman is that great city. Everyone say that great city. This is the second most reason that people say it can't be a nation like America because it's a great city. 
And uh, I say, well, it's uh, as common as the ancient. You can hardly speak of a nation that isn't referred to as a city. Therefore, I, it doesn't that may affect you. It doesn't affect me. Calling her Babylon instead of whatever she what she really is, calling her Mystery Babylon, because basically Babylon is gone forever. As far as I as far as I can tell, I know uh, Hussein tried to build it up and they dug some walls up, but th that that's still just nothing but a barren waste over there. And so, uh, I mean, if they have another fifty hundred years, maybe they'll build it up. Who knows? But if they've only got a couple more days, then we're looking at a nation that has used its riches and its glories and desecrated them. And the Lord said, your day is numbered. I will not allow it. I am God and I will have righteousness. That's what's taking place. Now, so he says, this is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. Now, I want you to do something for me. We're done. I'm just going to read it. I'm, I'm trying not to stop. Now, I need to, and we'll come back to this in the summer, and I'm going to come back maybe one, one time, and I'll say, here, here it is. I'm going to talk about that. But if this sounds to you like a religion, then you need to write that down because I have read it and read it and read it and read it. That does not sound like a religion. Number one, there is no religion in this world. And please don't start naming some religion. That's offensive and it is, it is improper. Because for me to stand here and start naming a religion that, you know, someone said, well, what if it's the Pentecostals? They're this and that. Well, that's just not uh, very kind. That's silly. But no religion ever that ever was. I'm going to stand by this. No religion that ever was in existence in the history of this planet ever reigned over the kings of the entire earth. No such thing. Now, of course, then, of course, the next thing is, how would a nation that isn't a dictator rule over them? Well, through their money. That's different. See, they're ruling over it through their economic power. So they say, if you do that, we're cutting you off. That's how they control the world. All right, now, verse 2. The angel cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit. That cannot be a religion. Now, folks, I'm telling you right now, that's not talking about some religion. I mean, hey, hey, I know religions I don't agree with at all, but they've got some good people in there. They've got somebody in there that cares, somebody that's merciful, somebody that's trying to love the Lord the best they can. They've become the habitation. Everybody say they have become. It says is become, but you see what I'm saying. In other words, they didn't used to be that. They have become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Okay, see, I told you I'm not going to comment. We'll come back. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Everybody say all nations. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. All the nations. No religion ever was, ever, no religion anywhere, any time in the history of the planet fulfills that. Just isn't. Someone said, well, uh, but if you do this and subtract two and bring down the one and divide by a million. No, 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 my friend. There is no religion. I don't care who you think you think the religion is. There is no religion that fits that. 
So you think I'm going to say that religion over there is so horrible that this is what God is going to do to that religion? No, sir. No, sir, my friend. This is a wealthy nation that thinks it has enough arrogance that it no longer believes that God will do what he said he would do. That's what that is. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Now, folks, no, okay. Now, I know you're getting a little out of, a little out of control. Okay. But you need to listen to me. I want you to listen to me. Because I don't know how many times you'll hear this. I may do it one more time. Then I may never preach this again. I, all I know is this is what I believe. I'm preaching it tonight. No religion ever made the entire world rich. And certainly isn't doing it today. You could say, well, some of them have oil and blah, blah. No, no, no. It didn't say that. It said the earth, the merchants of the entire world, the entire earth are waxed rich through her delicacies or her luxuries. Oh, Jesus. Okay, a couple more verses. Uh, oh, wait, I, are we... Is that the last one? Oh, there's one more. Let me see it because I thought I was done. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, go back. Uh, okay. Um, all right. So it's a luxurious. Uh, I mean, you you think of the richest religion you can think of. Blah 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 blah. It just I just I'm not I'm not buying it. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, "Come out of her, my people." In other words. Uh, I know I know I'm almost done, but you got to help me here. You got to stay with me. So you got to get out if, 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 because the judgment's going to be just like that. Okay. And it says that ye be not partakers of her sins, that ye receive not her plagues, for her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Go, let's go. Here we go. Uh, we're going to finish 18. Uh, and here we are. Now the verses are there. Seven. See, I sit a queen. This is what the nation says. This is what this city says. I sit a queen and I am not widow. Does, is that, I'm not sure if that, maybe I left something out. And I am not widow, a widow, probably a widow. And shall see no sorrow. What's that all about? What is Revelation telling us? That's the most arrogant people that ever walked the planet. Right there. I'm a queen. Verse 8, therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine. In one day. You say, how could famine all come in one day? Because the destruction is fire. What's left is no food, nothing, nothing, nothing. Okay, okay. You can like it. You can say that's, by the way, okay, if you don't get me going here. If that's a religion, how do you destroy it if it's all over the world? This is a place. Okay. Uh, bah, bah, bah. And she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Eleven, and the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her. For, see, the merchants. It's not talking about a religion. How many knows that if it were a religion, it would be religious people that would be mourning? 
For no man buyeth uh, their merchandise anymore. Why? Because they controlled the currencies of the world. All the currencies of every nation are based upon the dollar. You destroy that and you've got yourself a world calamity that is beyond fixing. No, no, this will never be fixed. The only thing going to fix it is Jesus coming in the clouds. That's the only thing going to fix that. And verse 15, the merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing. Verse 17, for in one hour, so great riches is come to naught. Everyone say, so great riches. Now, we're talking about the, the, the greatest riches that have ever been known. No religion has. No religion has. Folks, I'm just telling you. The greatest riches that the world is going, oh, look at that. Oh, my goodness. And then verse 18b, let's stand. And what are they saying? What city is like unto this great city? Her judgment. And then, you know, maybe in the summer we'll talk about the timing of all this and how much time before the end of the tribulation. Whoever that is, they're in big trouble. Because let's pray for them right now. Father, we pray that that our hearts will be right, that we'll be ready for your coming. Lord, we're not worthy. No, we're not worthy, Lord. But we're, we're so anxious to, to preach your word and to love you and to stand for righteousness. Lord, I pray that we'll have a spirit that, that uh, can go right on, Lord, regardless of what others may think. And I pray that we will stand in the gap in a world that's lost without God, that revival will come. Let's wait. Come on, wave your hand a little bit. Lord, Father, I pray for revival. I, let, I pray it'll come. Blessing will fall. Lord, that your blessing will be upon us. Lord, I pray for America. I love America. I'm so, so saddened to see its spiritual demise. But I pray that revival will come, that you will grip us, Lord. Because there is time between now and that event. And whoever that is, Lord, I pray that souls will be spared, that lives will be changed, and that they will find the God that made them. And we thank you for it, Lord. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Everyone said, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Such a sweet spirit. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I know it's the spirit of the Lord. There are sweet expressions on each face I know it's the spirit of the Lord when I become an opera singer we'll sing that again let's bow our heads father bless each one in Jesus name and keep us we ask And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Shake hands. Thank you for hearing me out. God love you. Appreciate you.